welcome Sailor Second Class Campbell to Exploring the Calf. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So S2 Campbell is a naval communicator at HMCS York for the last six years now almost, right? Yes. Yeah. Six years in March. Wow. Okay. So he has a lot of experience that he can share with us today. I'm excited to have him on. Just a disclaimer to the audience. Obviously, this is just one person's perspective. Please don't try and generalize this to all CAF members or to all members of the Navy Reserve. Um, it's just S2 Campbell's personal experience. Okay. So with that in mind, how did you get involved with the military? Um, so I got involved. So I first applied when I was 16 because I just really wanted to make some money. Um, I learned that Canada actually has like one of the highest paid militaries in the world. So I was really interested in that. And also I wanted to get in so I could get uh, money for school because um, they give $2,000 per year tax-free to students that uh, are in university if you're in the reserves. So yeah, it was definitely the compensation that made it worth it for me. What else was happening kind of in your life around the time that you joined? Yeah, I was in high school. I think I was in grade 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually joined with one of my close friends, Jules. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, we kind of joined together. Uh, we did basic together. And um, yeah, it was just something that I, I always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I just really felt like doing it. Um, yeah, a lot of my, my teachers in high school, they were supportive of it. And uh, it sucked because I left high school early. Like I left, yeah. I think in May ish like I didn't get to go to the graduation or anything because I went to basic training like they sent me away. <laughs> wow so what does your family think about your involvement in the military um they're very supportive uh they're a little like skeptical at first just because there's no one else like in the military in my family mm -hmm. but um yeah they're very very supportive um they had so much questions that I couldn't even answer yeah, I guess that's a big difference between American and Canadian militaries is in America, yeah. I think everyone knows someone who's been in some position in the military. So your family was okay with it. They're pretty supportive now, probably just had some questions and concerned mom. <laughs> yeah, but she she got over it real quick. So okay. as he, she saw that like I was comfortable in it and how happy I was. And why did you choose the Navy? Um, so I actually wanted to join the Army at first but um they weren't really hiring i wanted to join the lauren scott's regiment mm -hmm. but um yeah they weren't they weren't hiring or they would take forever with um the process right. so i turned to the navy which um like they're actively hiring and they still are and um yeah i got in super fast they processed me and um yeah it just worked out in the end so yeah so it was more of a you want to be in the army but then logistically it just made more sense yeah. for me, so you just yeah. went up with it. exactly <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad i ended up in the navy for sure why yeah. <laughs> it's because i look back and it's like i would have hated to be in the army <laughs> like the army sucks and i yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah though i definitely can see how the navy would be better especially just like your sleeping conditions so for the audience, I'm sure most people are unaware of what exactly a NAVCOM does. Can you just elaborate on your role? 
So a NAVCOM or Naval Communicator, um, they basically specialize in communications. So there's three, there's three strands to this job. Um, first, we'll be working in the CCR, which is the communications control room. And in that room, um, you're handling all the main like sources of communications from like radio and um, like high frequency radios. And um, you're communicating with basically other ships and the units ashore. And then another aspect of being a NAVCOM would be working with IT systems and troubleshooting them. So for example, say like someone on your ship wants to reset their password, they're gonna go to a NAVCOM or someone wants Wi-Fi or internet or anything like that, they're gonna come to us. And then another part of it would be working on the bridge where we basically take orders from the officer of the watch and then we relay that off to um, you know, other ships and our ship and units ashore. So say the officer of the watch wants us to change our speed or make us turn port or starboard, which means left or right. We're the ones that kind of relay that information off. So yeah. Okay, you mentioned Wi-Fi. Yep. So how does that work? Like how far out from shore do you have Wi-Fi still? So it depends. So if we're, that's a really good question. If we're <laughs> ashore, we can obviously get Wi-Fi, but if we're at sea, um, we have our own like defense wide area network called the DUN that we can basically work on. It's not the best, but it really is only for work, like checking emails and things like that. But like, yeah, as soon as we come ashore, people come to us, people like yell at us to get the Wi-Fi going. Because <laughs> they need to call home, they want to FaceTime their families, things right. like that. So, right. yeah. so you are a pretty vital role, especially for the Wi-Fi stuff. You yeah. know, like if you don't have Wi-Fi for weeks, possibly yeah. months, maybe People even not. Crazy. Yeah. Wow. All those Snapchat streaks are gonna die. Oh, for gosh. Tell me about it. Like the yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's good. Like there's not as many distractions. Yeah. Why it not? is a good thing. It is a good thing. And like you save a lot of money because you're just getting paid to be working. It's pretty much it, like you're not buying anything. Right. So that's a positive side, apart from you being away from civilization <laughs> for that period of time, but yeah. So why did you choose to do that role? So I chose to be a naval communicator because I wanted to work in a hard sea trade. So that's a job that actually goes on ships. They go on a warship rather than like an administrative job. Like I wanted to actually go to sea. Right. And I also didn't want to do a job that involves like manual labor. <laughs> I kind of, yeah, I kind of wanted to chill, you know, use my, my brains. Yeah, they work with a lot of IT systems, communications, radios. So that really did interest me. I think you mentioned before, it's kind of similar to the signals regiment in yeah. there. Yeah, right? that's what I'd compare Thank it to whenever I meet someone in the army. And I explain like what a NAVCOM does. Uh, they say it's similar to signals. 
to like being at sea? <laughs> oh, being at sea, it's pretty crazy. I'm not gonna lie, especially when you're you're really out there. Yeah, so I sailed on the West Coast in the Pacific, and um, I would describe it as a roller coaster that never ends. I get oh. seasick too, so I was throwing up a lot. Yeah, but you get used to it after a couple of days, but it's it's definitely a struggle to be at sea. And um, anyone ever fall in the shower because it's moving? It's I have, not going to lie. Cause, you like, fell in the shower? Yeah, because you're not in control of, you know, where the ship's going. Because you could be sleeping, you could be in the shower, and then an officer can direct the ship to make a hard right or anything, right? They could change speeds. Oh my god! Just kind of living with it, so it's always going. Anything can happen. What about sleeping? When you're sleeping, sleeping? is it sleeping when you're sleeping? Is it like rocking it's, you to sleep? Yeah, nonstop. So like, you have to like strap yourself in bed. What? So like, you lay down, and there's like a seatbelt. You put it around your waist. You can strap yourself in because sometimes like the sea state gets really bad, and um, you can fall to your bed. And we're on like bunk beds too, so like you can fall off, right? So yeah. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. a whole different life on the ship. Yeah. How long are you usually like out at sea? Uh, it depends. It depends. Like if you're on deployment or you're on a day sail, mm-hmm. it really depends. You can be at sea for days, weeks. But the good thing is, like, you get to visit ports. So, like, I sailed on the Pacific and I was able to go to like Portland, Seattle, San Diego, you know, places like that. But uh, usually not always at sea, but like you could remain at sea for like extended periods of time. It depends like whatever you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And what different types of like ships do we have? What are usually on? I've sailed on MCDVs. So those are maritime coastal defense vessels. Um, those okay. are the smaller ships that we have in Canada. But we also have um, frigates. And those are like the bigger warships. I've never sailed on those, but those can ha- like um, keep up to like 300 sailors or more. Wow. And yeah, so in Canada, we have 12 frigates and 12 MCDVs. Mm-hmm. Six on both coasts. So six in Halifax and six in Esquimalt. Oh, so, <clears throat> you said the frigate. That's the yeah. bigger one, right? Like a frigate can go like across the ocean from like Canada to Europe or from Canada to like Asia. But like the MCDVs aren't really doing that. Mm. I'm sure they could, but that would be rough, you know. <laughs> right. Just, uh, one of those small ships across like that. How close are your relationships to the people that you've met so far? Yeah, so in the Navy, like, you build lots of relationships with the people you work with, you know, more than, like, any other job out there. Um, There's lots of camaraderie on the ships, you know. um, Till this day, I still speak to a lot of the friends I've made in the Navy. Um, And, yeah, even though, like, I haven't sailed since 2018, I still, oh, wow. yeah, I still go out to BC on my own time to visit them. Oh, um, that's cool. Because, like, those are, like, my real, like, best friends I have out there, right? And you meet people from across the country, not only, like, people that are full-time, 
but other reservists that sail as well. Where are the other reserve units in Ontario? Like, is it just Toronto or are there no, other? No, no. Um, so in Toronto, pretty sure there's one in Ottawa. There's uh, one in Thunder Bay. I think there's one in Hamilton, right? Yeah, one in Hamilton. Yeah. yeah. Hamilton, Kingston. Right, makes sense. One. But yeah, they're usually, yeah, they're all over Canada. All over the provinces. There's Winnipeg. Vancouver, Victoria, yeah. The Navy's everywhere. Just people don't really know because it's small. So, yeah. And do you train with different units at times? No, or? not really. Unless, like, you're on a course. Speaking of courses, <clears throat> I think most people are familiar with kind of the Army pathway. Can yeah. you walk through what it was like for you being trained as a NAVCOM from basic all the way to your trades course? Yeah, so... I spent a summer, like when I first joined, I went to CFB Valcartier mm. in near Quebec City. So I spent a uh, summer there. I think it was like a month and a half, almost two months. I was out there. And um, it's like basic training for the Navy. And I was with um, a bunch of reservists from across the country. And that's right in my basic. And then... Yeah, the following summer, I did my NETP. So that stands for uh, Naval Environmental Training Plan. It's like a course that um, every sailor has to take in order to be like qualified to go on a ship. And so on this course, um, you learn about basically how to survive at sea in different in different emergencies and not in like everyday life. So. We did like sea survival, where they taught you how to basically survive in a flood. That's I, scary. Yeah, That's that scary. was terrifying, terrifying. They put us through this like simulator where they kind of simulated and put us in a scenario of what a flood would be like on a ship. And so they had like water rising, water coming through the walls. And so we had to like basically patch the holes and like survive in that scenario but yeah and the water was freezing because they got it right from the ocean so yeah. <laughs> yeah wow they're not playing around yeah yeah that was it was a fun course though and um we also did firefighting which is very hard i didn't know it was that hard to do firefighting what makes it hard just because um you sweat a lot the equipment's so heavy mm -hmm. and um there's lots of procedures to it that i found because um, you're working as a team to put out a fire. You have to know like how to put on the equipment really fast and how to get on your oxygen tank. And um, yeah, it's been a while since I did that actually, but it's important to know how to do it because when you're at sea, you can't like just call the fire department. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. So you have to survive. So everyone that's on a ship is trained to do that. Like everyone from like the cooks to like the CO can do that. Awesome. So yeah. And when did you do your trades course? I did that in 2017. Okay. That was the same summer I did my NETP. And that um, I did in Victoria or Esquimalt. It was about two or three months. Wow. And, um, yeah, it was great. It was great. So it was basically Monday to Friday for a whole summer. 
Um, they taught us, you know, the basics of communications. So at the time we did like coding, we did Morse code um, kind of maneuvers, like the basic things you need to do to be able to like work as a communicator on a ship. And uh, yeah, we had exams and then like a little graduation in the end. It was a really fun course, I'd say. But then after you're done that, the fun kind of ends right there because you're actually going to the ships, right? So then like the following summer, I started my like on the job training where you're like applying those skills and like shadowing and learning how to do it like at sea. And so that's the first time I ever sailed was in 2018. Like that whole summer I was sailing. Wow. So, yeah. What was your first kind of impression of actually being on the ship? Um, it was intimidating because I spent a couple of weeks working ashore, mm -hmm. but then once we actually left, you see the ship leaving and you look back and it's like, oh. yeah, the land's gone now. Like, and when you really get out there, you look around outside and you don't see land. It's just water. So you're like, yeah, okay, I'm here now. Like, this is it, you know? Just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. So like the first night you spent there yeah but like I said like after a couple of days you literally get used to it like your body adjusts that's what happened to me mm -hmm. so much to the point where when you get back on land um you're not even used to walking on land wow so, yeah. that's so weird yeah. <laughs> what is the coolest thing that you've ever done in the navy um so the coolest thing I've ever done would have to be um in 2018 when I was sailing on the HMCS Nanaimo, we visited Portland, Oregon, and um, we were ashore in Portland, and uh, I was able to get a tour of a U.S. destroyer, and those ships are huge. And so this destroyer, it's called uh, the USS Michael Murphy, and so this ship is actually named after... Um, uh, this U.S. Navy SEAL that died in Afghanistan. And um, I just watched uh, Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, so the ship's name is Michael Murphy. Unfortunately, Michael Murphy died. And so while I was, you know, getting a tour of the ship, I got to see, like, some of the uniform pieces that he wore in real life, like, while he was in Afghanistan. And they That's had so it on the ship. And it was really cool to see that kind of like historic side of things, you know? And um, yeah, I was talking to one of the sailors on the ship and we actually traded challenge coins. So I gave him like my Canadian challenge coin and then he gave me his USS Michael Murphy coin. Oh, you have it, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I always hold on to this and look back because when that movie was sick, and like I look back and it's like, yeah, I was on this ship named after him. So yeah, they have so much respect for like their history and like the things that they've done in the different wars. So I just found that really cool to be a part of. Right. Yeah. So how did you get your challenge coin from like, did you get it from HMCS York? Like your. No, I got it from. Um, uh in victoria in the squamo 
like they gave it out at the it's called the the fleet club it's like a it's like a it's called a mess so right. almost like in like civilian terms i'd say it's like an association for members in the navy so we get together have drinks and kind of do our own thing in our own environment and right. so every member gets their own coin so yeah okay so you you got one and then you're supposed to like swap it with someone is that the point of it or is it no, just kind really, of like a- i kind of just did just because i wanted his coin yeah that's like cool. i could probably get a new canadian one and i kind of collect these too like i have a bunch from like different units i try and get them just because they're so rare you know what i mean yeah it's just something like i've always collected yeah you collect them from units that you visited or like the canadian ones like anywhere i can get them anywhere i can get them like i have this one i have this one from the u.s coast guard oh these are so cool yeah i have a bunch yeah Wow. I collect them like anywhere I I meet people from different like branches or anything I'll just ask them some people like don't give them away and some people are they they won't give it to you unless you give them something else right right so So do you always have to have like a Canadian one on you I try to yeah what are some differences between kind of like the Canadian Navy or how you know the sailors operate versus the Americans like is there like any cultural or attitudes that you think are like oh yeah absolutely first of all I'd say it's the uniforms so like I'm a non-commissioned member and like when I walked around I was wearing like my all whites and Mm -hmm. so my all white uniform is just like their officer uniform so everyone was like saluting me like I was an officer and it's like no I'm a non-commissioned but then they're non-commissioned is like really weird it looks like you're like stereotypical sailor like their hats are like rounded and like mm-hmm. it's like different from us mm-hmm. and um now yeah, i would say obviously their ships are a lot more advanced like they have destroyers like they have um aircraft carriers things like that a yeah. lot more bases so yeah they're a lot more a lot more advanced and they also have to pay for their own uniforms oh really yeah yeah they told me they have to pay for their own uniforms they don't just get it like us comes out of pocket like they have to buy their own shirts pants boots everything did not expect that yeah (laughs) what uniform do you wear when you're on the ships um it's called um the ncds the naval combat dress so it's that like blue shirt, the black cargo pants, boots with the jacket if you want, baseball cap. Right. Yeah, that's what we usually work in. Yeah. That's so nice. This guy's wearing a baseball cap for his shift. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what that's about you? Know, do you have CAD pad or no? Uh, we can. We're CAD pad, but we don't wear that like on the ships. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, like if you were to come on the ship like if you're in the army and you came on a ship you get ncds or like if someone in the navy oh. was to go in the field we're not going to wear ncds they give us cad pad right right okay that makes sense so you said you visited the states like portland oregon very yeah. cool 
Um, you got to meet some of the American sailors. You got saluted on their destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, now I'm just wondering, what is your weekly time commitment like to your unit? Um, and what's it like when you go on to these exercises or operations? Um, so right now, like, I'm working part-time. So you only really need to go in once a week and one Saturday every month. So when I go in once a week, for us, it's on Wednesday nights from like 1900 to 2200. And then on the Saturdays when we go, it's usually 0900 to 1700. So yeah. All right, so that's like a full yeah. day on the Saturday. Exactly, yeah. So, and then like when you're on the coast, you're working full time. So you, yeah, you're fully dedicated. They're basically a rank force. So yeah, you'd call like a, like a class B or class C contract. So I would let them know my availability and I'd go away. So usually when I was in school, I take the summers off and I go away from like May to August, right? Yeah. And um, during that time frame, they'd sign me a contract and I'd go away. Like wherever they need people, they would send me. So, That's yeah. cool because then you get to meet different people and work with. Different. Exactly. Yeah. But thankfully, I was grateful enough and I'm happy enough to have gone to the West Coast only. <laughs> I personally, I don't like the East Coast. I'd much rather be out West. It's just. I didn't like, know. Um, if you haven't been out to the East Coast. I've been there. Oh, okay. <laughs> but like, I haven't done anything long term there. Like, yeah, I would always choose to go out West and all my buddies are out West. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So why, why is that? Is it just like the different so culture? The weather, I don't like the weather on the East Coast. Like <laughs> it's so windy, it snows. And uh, I've heard um, sailing on the East Coast is a lot more rough. Mm. Like the waters are more rough than the West Coast. Right. And I just like the culture out West, like mm -hmm. even in California or like- That's so yeah, nice. Yeah, like that, exactly. Yeah. yeah no I can see why you'd like that better um so how is the food in the navy That's... the food is amazing really yes I appreciate all the cooks that we have on board yeah they're amazing it's their job to make us food breakfast lunch dinner it's always always on point so it's always actually freshly prepared yeah. hot cooks. for the day Legit cooks making breakfast ask you what would you like you tell them it's like that it's not like the army where you have to eat mres and <laughs> so. oh my I mean, gosh I the first time i ate one of those rations in the army i was oh, like man. wow how do you guys survive on these things it's crazy. i feel so bad for you <laughs> and then you're eating like a three-course meal every day yeah <laughs> yeah even though you throw it up in a bit it's okay but oh yeah that's true but, yeah. do you guys have um did you do like PT or anything like that on the ship? Uh, yeah, yeah. So on the bridge, mm -hmm. um, on an MCDV, on a bridge, we have like treadmills, we have weights, oh, wow. that kind of stuff. You can go outside. Yeah. You can work out. Yeah. If you want, I personally, I'm just <laughs> trying to make it through the day. I'm not trying to work out, but yeah. And um, what are your breaks like? I guess it's another question. So you're on a, you work on different rotations. 
Um, obviously, it's a 24-hour operation. So sure. it depends on, like, your supervisor. Some, some ships, like, every department has a different watch rotation. So I'm guessing you'd work for eight hours, you go to sleep, you'd come back or for eight hours, something like that, like eight on, eight off. But in the end of the day, like, you're always working. You know what I mean? Like, even if you're sleeping, you're still working because you could, like, finish your shift, go to sleep, and then there's a fire alarm or there's All a right. flood, like, anything can happen, right? Or there's a man overboard drill, which happens a lot. We do a lot of those drills just so we're prepared in the event of an emergency. What do you do if a man's overboard? So... There's so many procedures. So as the NAVCOM, like you put up flag Oscar, which means man overboard. So like other people can identify our ship and see that, okay, they're in distress. And um, basically we launch a rib. So it's a smaller boat that goes into the water with other you know, members that go and get the body. And then we bring it in and we do first aid and so yeah we try and do it in less than six minutes as soon as the alarm sounded wow it's That's like fast. yeah yeah but it's something we practice like almost every day so yeah so who volunteers to be the man overboard <laughs> oh no it's not an actual person it's like a like a mannequin like it's a body that just gets thrown in the water Okay, okay. Yeah, it's not an actual person. No, no. I thought like someone just... had to do that every time you had a drill. And I no, was like, no, no. So cold. No, no. Like someone will legit come, throw a body in the water, and just wait until someone notices it. And then someone sounds the alarm, and then that's when it starts. Oh, okay. Yeah. So are people watching the water for those things, or how would someone notice that? It kind of just happens. It kind of just happens. But like in the end of the day, it's for practice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're just making our skills better in the event that it actually did happen. Right. So what would you say to someone who's interested in joining the military or specifically the Navy reserves? I would say go for it. Go for it. Take the risk, you know. Um it's definitely worth it. It's a it's a good time. You build a lot of relationships. There's so many people that I work with that are supportive of whatever you're doing, you know, in your life outside the military. And um, it's not a big commitment. You know, you're not signing away your life or anything. If you don't like it, you could always release. And uh, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. All right. And how does the military balance with your civilian occupation? Because I know a lot of people have that question. Um. So if you're in the reserves, they're so flexible with um, your civilian life. Um, like I was able to go to school and work full time in the summers for like four years. So it's it's really good. Like you can balance your civilian life and the military or whatever you have going on. So, yeah. That's good to hear. Um... And what do you wish? Is there anything that you wish people knew about the Navy? Um, I would just say that I wish people knew that really what's going on in the operations that were going on, 
because there's been so many times where I would speak with members of the public and they don't even know that we have a Navy. And I tell them, yeah, there's like 12 frigates, 12 MCDVs, we have submarines, that kind of stuff. And they're like, wow, like in Canada, I didn't even know that. So just like having knowledge of kind of what's going on, mm-hmm. that's what, what I would say. And when do you really get to interact with members of the public? Because I think you mentioned you got to go to a Leafs game or something. Yeah, yeah. So say like before COVID, I would be fortunate enough to go to like um, CF appreciation games with the Raptors, the Leafs, been to TFC games. I've been to the Great Cup in Toronto. (laughs) Yeah, I've done a a lot of like um, sports events. I also gave like tours of ships, like when I was on ship as well. And uh, yeah. How does someone get a tour if they wanted to? It, it depends. So I was in Portland, Oregon for the Portland Rose Fest. And like every day um, while we were there, we'd give tours of the ship to like members of the public. And so it was pretty cool, like seeing these Americans on a Canadian warship, seeing how like fascinated they were by the things we had on board. And yeah, but yeah, sometimes there's ships that come to Toronto. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they come, they come to Toronto. I remember HMCS Toronto was in Toronto not too long ago. And they members on that ship gave tours. So interesting. But yeah, like the Navy isn't in Toronto you'd have to go to the coast right so yeah right yeah that makes sense how has the navy helped your personal like development or maybe your mannerisms or any of your behavior has it had any impact on how you um yeah it has that's a good question it actually has um I'd say the navy it um built a lot of self-confidence for me like I was uh I was a really quiet kid really shy but um the navy helped me build self-confidence also a lot of discipline and um yeah but the main thing i'd say is self-confidence and my communication skills as well yeah i can see you have great communication skills do you think um your members of your family or friends have noticed any of that as well oh 100 percent yeah 100 percent like a completely different person They'd say, like, when I came back from basic, I guess. Yeah. You seem like a happy guy. Yeah. Happy baby guy. Very Good happy, fun. positive, outgoing. Most people know me like that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Another thing I'd say, like, it's a small Navy. You know, you'll build so much relationships. Like, yeah. I definitely see myself sticking around. Yeah. For a couple more years. And, yeah. What do you do at your unit? So uh, currently I'm the, the training coordinator for Naval Communicators. So in this role, I, um, I basically am responsible for planning the training for people in my department. So wow. every week, like on a weekly basis, I plan and coordinate uh, the training. So I'll prepare PowerPoints, I'll prepare like, um, virtual and in-person training, whether it's 
going over Morse code, flags, or things that they need to practice. And this could be for um, like new or existing members, people that have lots of experience. I kind of try and refresh their skills or the new people, like the recruits, I want to try and teach them and prepare them for their course and um, give them an, an idea of the expectations for when they actually go away. So yeah. It's like a large role and responsibility. It's it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Because it's something that you always have to keep up with. Mm-hmm. Because like if I take a day off and there's no training, like there's nothing going on, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So is that a result of your time in the Navy that they gave you that role? Or um, that happen? Yeah, something like that. That and um we have a small department. Mm-hmm. And so there's other roles, but you know, people are already filling those. And um there really is no one else to do this, right? Yeah. yeah. So how does the rank system work in the Navy? Because I'm calling you Sailor Second Class Campbell, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that above third class? Or is it uh yeah. So class? the ranks, um you start at sailor third class second class first class and then master sailor mm-hmm. and then petty officers second class then first class and then chief petty officer second oh. class and then first class yeah <laughs> okay yeah. yeah so it's, it's a little yeah. bit different than the army yeah. Yeah. It's completely different than the army, and then yeah. <laughs> those are the um, non non commissioned ranks, mm-hmm. and the officers are completely different. Right, you officers, know, the officer right? I know them. You're testing me. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, there's naval cadet, and then. Geez. So I guess that's like officer. Acting, yeah, yeah, and then acting sub lieutenant and then sub-lieutenant, and then lieutenant, mm. and lieutenant commander. Wow. And then commander, and then captain. And then it goes, it gets so complicated from there, like, <laughs> um, get into, like, like, admirals and stuff, like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Seems uh, a little less intuitive than the, the army structure, but yeah. <laughs> and how did you choose to be or decide to be an NCM instead of an officer? Because you did go to university, right? Yeah, so like I wanted to be an officer, but at the time I was literally in high school. And so yeah, like I wasn't in university. I didn't finish university. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just got in as an NCM. Yeah. I mean, if I was in school, I think things would have been different. Right. But yeah, maybe in the future, I, w- I would make the switch. But uh, yeah, I just wasn't in university yet. So. And just quickly, what are the differences between those two streams? Like what do NCMs do versus officers from like maybe an overview? Um, from what I've seen, I'd say that officers are kind of in charge more. They make the decisions. Mm-hmm. and they they have more of a leadership role but right. um the ncms like we 
a lot have leadership roles like the master seamans, POs, things like that. But um, like the officers make the decisions and then we kind of relay or implement what their decisions are. That's what I would say. Right. So basically, so the NAVCOM, it's my job to communicate what the officer is saying. So the officer will tell me to do this and I'll make it happen. Right. That's similar to the army then, of course. Like I remember yeah. people saying that the NCMs actually do it and the officers plan it. So exactly. That's what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sailor Second Class Campbell or S2 Campbell for coming in today and talking with us and our audience and everything. I think it's a great um, yeah. way to raise awareness about the Navy. I personally had never met anyone in the oh, Navy yeah. until I started following you on Instagram. That's so I personally true. learned a lot yeah. just from talking to you. So I definitely appreciate yeah. this and I'm sure other people will as well. So thanks for, for showing up today. Thanks for having me.